So last week we kicked off this series talking about facts. And um, so let me, let me ask you this. How many of you guys have ever told a secret and the secret got out? Yeah, probably, probably most every one of us in this room. Every one of us in this room, probably. So here's the deal. When I was like, I, I probably eighth, maybe freshman in high school. So a group of friends, we were all kind of hanging out together and, and, and you know, just kind of like how guys do sometimes. We were talking about the girls. And, and someone mentioned, and someone mentioned this girl named Jill. So I, so this girl, she was a friend of mine. Like, it wasn't like relationship-like type of friend. She was just a good friend of mine. And someone mentioned Jill, and, and they asked me what I thought. And I was like, oh, man, um, I think Jill's great. Jill's awesome. She's a really good person. That turned into Jeremy likes Jill. And so the next thing I know, like I went to a small school, my graduating class was 125 people. So I went to like a really small school. And so next thing I know, like the whole school thinks or has heard Jeremy really likes Jill and Jeremy wants to date Jill. And so what did I do? Date Jill. So what did I do? I dated Jill. (laughs) And and here's the deal For, for like, for like two weeks, for like two weeks, and then we both mutually decided we were better friends than we ever in a relationship, and so it just it didn't, it was, that, that wasn't what it was intended to be anyways, but like, so, so there's times where you have things um, that, that are meant to be kept secret, that you're, they're meant to like keep to yourself, like, hey, like, that should not have been a thing, like, with the whole school, it, like, Jill and I were not, like, relationship material. But there are other things, though, in our lives that we can't help but go public with, that we can't help but be public with, especially like experiences, right? So it's one thing, though, to go to a Chiefs game, right? Yeah, who, who would love to go to a Chiefs game? But it's a whole nother thing to get to meet Patrick Mahomes, right? Right, yeah. Um, see, we each, we, every single one of us, we all have something. Listen, listen, listen. We all have something that we just can't shut up about. Someone yell out, what's your thing that you just can't shut up about? TikTok. Okay. Anybody else? John. No, I don't want to hear from Johnny. Okay, yeah. Your calves? Cats. All right. So... And so maybe, so we all have things in here that if, if you got us talking on a subject that we wouldn't shut up about, right? Maybe it's theater, Jesus. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's, huh? Worlds of fun. Maybe it's oceans of fun. Maybe for you, it's working out. Maybe for you, you can't shut up about having ice in your veins. Like, I don't know. And like, and, and I tell you this, listen, listen. Maybe it's, it's, it's cheer. I don't know what you're into. But, and I tell you this because there are things in our lives, listen, that we're very loud about. And there's, there's different things in our lives that we tend to keep private. And, and one of those things that a lot of people tend to keep private is their relationship with Jesus. Like, especially in our culture today, and, and here's the reality, um, and for all of us in this room, you're probably aware, you know this, like we are more and more like, 
just with the way that culture is and just the way that the world is, there's, people believe there's more than one way to heaven. People believe that there's more than one God. People believe that there's, there's no such thing as sin. And people are always like, people tend to get offended or their feelings hurt more recently than there have been in the past. Or anyone, if you, here, here's how it works. And in any more, if you tell someone that you're a Christian, immediately, they label you as a right-wing, Republican, Trump-loving, gay-hating, wall-building conservative. That seems to be the way it goes anymore. And if you say, I'm Christian, all of a sudden you're put in that category, which isn't fair either. But amidst all this kind of postmodern landscape, Jesus, he's still calling us, every single one of us, and you're in this room tonight, and you say that you're a Christian, you say that you're a believer, you say that you're a follower of Jesus, he's still calling us to go public in our faith. His message is still good. His message is still life-giving. His message is still life-changing. Unlike that of any other religion or belief system, this God's message has the power to impact and change lives. And I get it. I'm right there with you. I'm with you on this. Like It can be hard to come overcome our fears of what other people are going to think about us if we become vocal with our faith if we begin to, begin to talk about our faith. It's difficult to break out of the, the apathy and act on the knowledge of, of others, other people not knowing Jesus. Like, here's the deal. We, we like our comfortable, right? We like our comfort. And when, but when we begin to open up our mouths and we begin to talk and tell people, it, it creates a level of discomfort. We, wanna, we, we don't want to rock the boat. And, and honestly, many of us are simply ignorant to the need that, that there is to actually talk about Jesus with our friends. We don't realize the gravity of eternity and how our beliefs, they affect our forever. Every single one of us in this room, our beliefs, they affect our forever. What we believe, what we know, what we know to be true, what we say is fact can affect our forever. And, and I resonate with how hard this can be. I resonate with how difficult this could be. When I was in college, that's, that's the time in my life when I rededicated my life back to Christ. And, um, and, and here's what I did. I gave my life back to Christ. I, I, was, I was living a, a poor lifestyle. I wasn't living for the Lord. And I gave my life back to Christ. And I went back to college. And I, and I told my college buddies um, and I could tell you at least probably five stories of people that I invited to church that, that I talked to Jesus about, and they never showed up. So I get it. I understand how difficult it can be to have conversation with people, and they'd shut you out. Like, I got responses like, like, um, like people started avoiding me. Or I, got, I even had one sit friend say, let me know when you're ready to party again. And all these people that I shared my faith with that were my friends, that I thought they were my friends, shut me out, didn't want to hear from me, didn't want to talk to me. They said, let me know when you're ready to do this again because this is just a temporary thing that you're not going to stay with. For every single one of us in this room, Jesus' mission is for us to know God and it's to make God known. Every single one of us is for us to know God and then to make him known to others. If we have something so great, why would we keep it private? Why would we keep it quiet? We've all heard 
We've every single one of us, it, it's our, our church's mission that to love God and to love people. That's our mission. And we're called to do that first by living in relationship with Jesus and letting him change us and come into our life and change us and to look like him and to begin to act like him. And then to actually use words to talk about him and invite others to come in and experience not just church, but to experience who he is. I'm not talking about inviting people to church tonight. I'm talking about inviting people to Jesus tonight by us beginning to use our, not just our, our deeds. And because some people are like, well, I'll just, I'll just act good and I'll be good and people will think that I am good. But it's not just your deeds, it's your words too. Your words make a difference. See, our faith should be personal, but it should not be private. And that's the key thing that I want you to catch tonight is our faith. It should be very personal, but it should not be private. So what does a personal faith look like? And, and I don't, I, like here for me, and, and I know I'm a pastor, like I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time Christian, <laughs> basically. I'm, I am paid to be a Christian. And, and, but, but that's obviously, that's not my job. But like, I don't necessarily want to be known for just going to church or being a goody good person or, or knowing a lot about the Bible or being good at praying, right? In my family, like you're the pastor, you pray over everything, right? Or you're the Christian, you pray over everything. And like, I don't want to be known for, what I want to be known for is being like Jesus, is acting like Jesus, is living like Jesus, is, is, looking, obviously not like he had more hair than I did, but like I, I want to, when people see me, I want them to see Jesus. Someone who listens to other people's stories really well. Someone who doesn't repel people and push them away. Someone who's friends with lots of people, all kinds of people, people who believe like me and people who don't believe like me. And, 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 and people for... Um, and people, I want to be known for having faith when I go through difficult things in my life and still trusting God through all of it. I want to be known for offering hope and healing to others, like for being not only even that, I want to be known for being a great husband and a great dad and for living for something that is way greater than just myself. See, a personal faith in Jesus, it's not about knowing a lot of things about him but it's about that relationship. We can know a lot of things about God. We can learn, we can study the Bible, we can learn. There, there's, there are people who have studied the Bible who know a lot of things about the Bible, a lot of things even more than me, but they still don't follow Jesus. It's not about knowing a lot of things. It's about having a relationship with Jesus where he's in the driver's seat, where, where him and I are close. Like we spend time together, we talk, and I can't shut up about him because he's truly influenced every part of my life. That's the kind of person I wanna be. That's the kind of follower of Jesus that I wanna be. And here's, this is exactly what the, the disciples, the followers of Jesus developed with Jesus over the three years that they walked with him and did ministry with him. They, they developed a personal relationship with him. And then when Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected three days later, he appeared to his friends. And he, and, he, and he wanted to tell them one last thing before he went back to heaven. And he sent the Holy Spirit 
to be with all of his followers. And, and it's a conversation that I want us to look at tonight. And, and it's a conversation that Jesus had with his followers. And, and, and if we want to change our lens from not just having a private faith, but living it publicly, let's look at this together. In Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, if you don't have your Bible tonight, we'll have it on the screen. But we're going to look at verse 16. It says this, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then came, uh, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. How many commands? All of them that I have given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then Jesus ascended to heaven where there is ice cream and air conditioning at all times. And, and Wi-Fi nonstop. The best Wi-Fi. No, but for really. But for real, though. This is for really. Um, these, this is Jesus's, basically his last words to his followers before he left and went to heaven. Don't you think this is a really important thing? This is a really big deal what he's saying here. He's saying, I'm leaving. And he's saying, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. And then he says, therefore, go. He doesn't say wait. He doesn't say sit still. He doesn't say keep your faith to yourself. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, it means around the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I love this part, I'm with you always. So there's four words, there's four, four words or phrases that I really want us to focus on tonight. So if you're taking notes, I wanna encourage you to write these things down. There's four things that we, I want us to pull from this conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. And the first thing is this, Write this down, disciple, disciple. So Jesus is telling his disciples to go into the world, into their everyday, into their homes, into the markets, into the streets, into the communities where they lived. He said to go into the world and into the everyday and into everywhere and invite people to follow Jesus. So what he's saying as well is, so to be a follower of Jesus also means that we're disciple makers too. We don't, we don't just follow Jesus and like, hey, this is, this is my faith, this is me, I just kind of keep it to myself. But he says, I want you to follow me, but then also tell people about me as well. And that's what we signed up for. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's kind of what we signed up for when we began a personal relationship with him. You don't have to wait to go to, to Bible school or seminary or, or to college so that you, you, I just, so that I know enough so I can be able to tell enough people. You don't have to wait for that. You don't have to, you, 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 all we simply do is we invite people to come and see, to come and see. And I, and I hope and I pray that here at Emerge that maybe you don't always have the words to say and that's fine, I've been there as well. But maybe, I hope and I pray that we have an environment here 
at Emerge where you could invite a friend and say, hey, I, I don't know all everything about Jesus, but I do know what I have experienced. I do know what I've seen. And I wanna invite you, come with me to this place, come to, to Emerge. And I hope and I pray that you can find a place where friends can, can be loved, can be accepted, can hear about the gospel of Jesus and allow it to change their lives. So it just simply invite people to come and see, come and see. Or maybe you have the words that you could say and say, hey, you come and see and, and see what God's done in my life. And check this out. Here's who I was and here's who I am now. Here's how he's changed me. It's who Jesus is. It's just like the Samaritan woman uh, that Jesus met at the well. And, 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 and he just, he, he met her at the well and immediately he, he spoke life into her and immediately she ran back to town and she's like, hey, everybody, come and meet this guy that, that's told me everything I've ever done. He's gonna change your life too. We can't just shut up about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. We, we've, we, we've been so deeply impacted by him that you want others experience the same love and life change. So we got to make disciples. The second thing is this. Everybody say, second is the Holy Spirit. God's given each of us a, a relationship with him, and then he's given us the gift of his Holy Spirit in our lives. <clears throat> Jesus was fully God. And at the same time, he was fully human. He was fully man. So because he was fully man, he could only be at one place at one time. That's why he tells his disciples that in the book of John, he said that it's best for you that I go away. He said, this is Jesus. I mean, this is who we base our salvation off of. This is who we follow. This is Jesus. And he's telling his disciples, hey, it's best for you guys that I go away. And then he continues, he's like, but I'm sending someone else. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with each and every one of you at all times. So the Holy Spirit is everything in the life of a believer. We talked about this a few weeks ago before camp about who the Holy Spirit was and then the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to go sometime more in depth of some of those things. But it's so important for us as followers of Jesus to, to begin to utilize and begin to know the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, Jesus brings salvation, but the Holy Spirit brings the gifts and the power. Because we're not strong enough to take a step forward without God, without the Holy Spirit. Life's too hard and we're too weak on our own. We can't begin to do it on our own. But with the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have that power. Certainly this is like, I, I have to remind myself of this very often. Because I, 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 I see former students, I see family, I see friends, I see people I know who have either come through our ministry or who, who are family or who people that I know who aren't living for Jesus anymore. And I have to remind myself that I am nobody's savior. I don't save anyone. All I do is I tell the good news. I tell about Jesus. I give them an opportunity. I give them a chance. It's your choice. It's your decision to continue to follow him. I can't save anyone. Even if I, I, I rememorized the whole plan of salvation, even if I studied the book of Romans for hours, we ha and, and even if God set up the very perfect opportunity for me to tell someone about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, what he does, he gives us the courage, he gives us the words to say, and he comforts us in our struggles, and he conv convicts us when we're living with the wrong, in, in the wrong life, the wrong lifestyle. The third thing is this. Everybody say obey. obey. That's not a word we like, is it? 
we don't like necessarily like that word. Like, it, it makes us think of our parents and doing chores, maybe, right? Like, and most people don't like to be told what to do. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Like, a lot of times we don't want to be told what we do, but what to do, but we have to understand this, that when it comes to following Jesus, obeying is not a bad thing. <clears throat> you see, here's, here's what's going on. God, he made, he created the world. He knows everything about it. Therefore, he knows how it works best. So when God commands us to do something, when we obey him, it's for our good. See, our parents aren't perfect. And, and, and we don't always command things with the right tone. But most of the time, our com- the commands of your parents are for our good. Clean your room. Why? Because otherwise, you're going to get bed bugs in, in, in your room, and which you're not going to like, and then you're not going to want to sleep in your room. Get a job. Why? Because otherwise, when you get, get, eventually move out on your own, you won't know how to make it, and you won't know how to make money and earn money and take care of yourself, and you're going to be majorly stressed, and you're going to end up living with your parents until you're 35 years old. <clears throat> I don't want that for you. But God will always, always, God always has your best interest in mind. He really does. So obedience, we don't like that word obey, but obedience to him is actually beneficial to us. We may push back on it sometimes, but our our obedience to him really benefits us. So when Jesus is telling disciples to teach others to obey God, it's not because you, you have to be perfect to be saved. See, being a good person doesn't save you, but obeying God will naturally make life better for you. So when God says he's calling you out and he's like, don't gossip, cut cut the gossip out, cut it out. When God's saying stuff like it, it's... It's when God's saying don't gossip, he's saying he doesn't want you to do that because he wants you to have friends. And you won't have any if you're talking about them behind their backs all the time. And the last thing is this. Finally, he says, I am with you. He's saying, I'm with you. You're blessed. Bless you, my child. So here's the deal. God's saying, he's saying, I'm with you. Here's the deal. You never have to be alone. You never have to be alone. You don't have to figure out life by yourself. You don't need to go... uh, You don't need to go and share about Jesus with all your friends completely solo. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's one of the most comforting things ever. That even when everyone else fails you, your parents, your friends, your pastors, your leaders, your teachers, your, your teammates, people around you fail you, God won't. He won't fail you. He'll never let you down. So how do we change our faith from private to personal? See, when you think about Jesus' command in Matthew 28 to the disciples and to us, and we think about our story, what is it for you in this room, what is it about Jesus that compels you? What is it about Jesus that you're like, I, I want to I know a little bit more. I want to know about him. Tell me a little bit more about Jesus. What is it about Jesus that compels you? How has he, um, has he personally changed your life? Like, like, what's your testimony? 
How has he blessed your life? How has he touched your life? Like, here's the deal. You don't have to be like a drug dealer turned preacher to have a great testimony, to have a great story. Like we all, every single one of us in this room, we all have a story. We all have a testimony. And each one of our stories matters to God. And each one of our stories, when, when we tell our friends, it makes a difference. Um, I asked him actually this afternoon if I could share this, but, um, and, and I think, I, I guess it's because I'm dad, um, because if, cause I, and I think this is pretty cool. Um, and, and I know he's not perfect, but I, I was talking to Jackson earlier and, and he, he works really, really hard at being consistent in his faith on his football team and with his friends. And so, so much so that there's a lot of his offensive linemen begin to nickname him Jesus. And, and I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good nickname to have. Um, cause not, not because Jackson's perfect, but because he's a representation of Jesus to them. When you realize like the depth from which you've been saved you won't be able to shut up about Jesus. Your faith will become personal and it's no longer private because you realize that you've got the good news and you've got to share it. You can't help it. And you want everyone to experience what you've experienced. You want everyone to know what you know. We're just gonna close out and and I just wanna kind of challenge you with some just kind of closing words before we dismiss, but... I just kind of want to challenge us to think, think about it this way. Like, how would our, our friends, how would our family, how would our cities, how would our, our country look if, how, how would our, even our world look differently if everyone knew or was even made aware of Jesus' love and forgiveness and hope? Imagine the change that could go on. I mean, not only just in us, but in the people around us, in the community around us. Like, and I want to ask you tonight, and, and maybe this was asked in your fam time group, but like, who do you know who needs hope? And hopefully you wrote someone down. Hopefully you wrote a name down or you got a name that you're thinking of. Like, who do you know, though, that needs hope today? Like, who needs purpose? Who needs not, not a religion, not list, like a list of do's and don'ts, um, but who do you know that needs a personal encounter with Jesus? Like who made the world and who loves them enough to die in their place? See, our, our faith should be personal, but not private. So our theme this year here at Emerge is 167. We haven't talked about it in a little while, but at 167, just a quick reminder, there's 168 hours in a week. We get roughly one here on a Wednesday night what do you do with the rest of the 167? And so what a lot of times what we do, here's how we live our faith, is right here in the one. We get our moment of praise, we, get, we hear the word, we, we have prayer time, and, and we have our community, and then that's the end of our relationship with Jesus and the rest of the 167. But I want to challenge you guys to begin to utilize the boldness of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of your lives to express your faith in the 167. See, your faith should be the thing in your life. Not, and, and, and everything else should revolve around it rather than just an, an add-on or an extra thing that you've got. Churches and my relationship with Jesus, just, it's just kind of an extra thing I do. No, it should be the thing 
in our lives. And then everything else in our life builds around that. Because I, I know, I've been there. I've had a lot of students who, like, um, you know, they got school, they play sports, they do all kinds of stuff, and they go to church. Our, our faith should be the thing. Everything else centers around that.